On the evening of that first day of the week, when the doors were locked where the disciples were for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood in their midst and said to them, Peace be with you. When he had said this, he showed them his hands and his side. The disciples rejoiced when they saw the Lord, and Jesus said to them again, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, so I send you. When he had said this, he breathed on them and said to them, Receive the Holy Spirit, whose sins you forgive are forgiven them, and whose sins you retain are retained. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. There are two things you cannot do, cannot do when you are underwater. You can't breathe, and you can't cry for help. So that's why the ancients in the first century feared to be under the water. To them, it was like being in a tomb. So when John the Baptist pulls you out of the water at baptism, what's the first thing you're going to do? Well, you're going to give John a big bear hug for pulling you out of the water. No, actually, the first thing you're going to do is you're going to breathe. You're going to fill your air with the lungs. And this activity in the ancient world, when you fill your lungs with air, is known as spirit. So what is the first thing that Jesus did when God pulled him out of the tomb and his body filled up with life? He took air into his lungs and he breathed. So it makes sense why Jesus went to his disciples on the same day and breathed on them and said, Receive the Holy Spirit. so So the disciples got the resurrected breath, the gift of life. You know, every year my father would go into the deep woods of Maine and to go deer hunting. He had five young boys, so why would he be drawn to the quiet of the peaceful woods? So I asked him, Dad, why do you go hunting every year? And he said, when I go hunting, I get up at three in the morning and climb up the top of a mountain. It's usually cold and very dark when I do that. Now, the reason why I go up to the top of the mountain is that that's where the deer are, to get away from the hunters below. If I am very lucky, I get a deer. Then I have to take the deer down the top to the bottom of the mountain. Then I have to dress it and prepare it for the meat. At the end of the day, I am absolutely, completely exhausted. And I remember that. I remember how tired I am, so I appreciate the gift of food for how much you have to work for it. And that is why I hunt. So every time I go to the grocery store to pick up some food, I remember. I remember that some living thing made the ultimate sacrifice so that I could live another day. I appreciate life. Now, when we go to church as Christians, it's like going to the grocery store. We never see the nails that were put in Jesus' hands or feet. We never hear the pounding of the nails or see the Lord scourged back or his cry before he gave up his spirit. When Jesus went into the upper room, he showed them his hands and his side so that they would never forget that someone made the ultimate sacrifice. Because of the gift of the breath, we live another day for the rest of eternity. I went to a hospital to visit a 13-year-old young man who had been he was in my confirmation class. Now the reason I went to see him is because the day before he just received word from his doctor that he had cancer and that he was fighting for his life. So he asked to see me. When I saw him in the hospital room and he was sitting up in his bed, I asked him, "What can I do for you?" He said he wanted to receive confirmation. I told him that I would make the arrangements and that that will get done. So he said to me, so when do I take the final exam from your class? I says, well, I think you can be exempt from the exam. 
Well, he insisted that he take the exam like everybody else. I said, okay, then my next visit. So a few days later, I went returned to the hospital, and I could see that the treatment took a toll on him, and so I was eager to forego the, the whole exam, but he insisted on taking it. So I said to him, I'm just going to ask you one question. Who is the Holy Spirit? He looked down in deep thought. After a moment, you know, he raised his head and he said, the Holy Spirit is life. I said, that's correct. The Holy Spirit is life. While I was on my way home from the hospital, I started to wonder about that answer because I never told him that the Holy Spirit is life. I told him that the Holy Spirit was the third person of the Blessed Trinity, but I didn't tell him that. So where did he get that profound answer? I thought about that. And he said, here's a kid who was fighting for his life and that there is a good chance that he will never graduate from high school. There's a good chance that he will never go to his prom, drive a car, enjoy spending his first paycheck, or hold his grandchildren in his arms. His whole life hinged on one word, life. And that's the word that he used to describe his God, who he wanted, and he wanted to receive communion, confirmation. I have some good news. David was confirmed, and he graduated from high school, and he drives a car, and we send each other Christmas cards every year. So yesterday we celebrated Pentecost, and so we'll be never forget that Christ made the ultimate sacrifice for us to live with the gift of his Spirit. All we need to do is enjoy it.